0: Welcome to Force Points to the Point Cybersecurity Podcast. Each week, join Eric Trexler and Erica Pierce to explore the latest in government cybersecurity news and trending topics. Always covered in 15 minutes or less. Now, let's get to the point. Hey guys. Welcome back to To The Point Cybersecurity. I am one of your hosts, Erica Pierce, joined by Eric Trexler. For part two. For part two, yes. And we have uh, George Camus with us again of Forcepoint. So we're just going to jump right in. If you were listening to the podcast last week, which we're sure all of you did, um, we're this is really the consumer podcast. We're talking about how to be the, the CISO or CIO of your own home system.
1: So we talked about patching. We talked about password management. We talked about backups. One of the things I think a lot of users have trouble with is locking their systems. Yeah. You're in Starbucks, you go to get your coffee, and you leave your system unlocked. Mm. Nobody hits Control-Alt-Delete, or they don't engage. You know, on a Mac, I've got a screensaver set up that after five minutes, it goes to screensaver and automatically locks my box if I'm not touching it. You know, I can also have a hot corner set up. So I just drag the cursor. It's super easy to set up. I drag the cursor to the corner that, to the corner that instantly locks the system. So great passwords are, are amazing. Patching is amazing. But if you don't log out of your box or lock it when you're in public or when you leave your work for the day, anybody who gets on that system can compromise you in seconds. Isn't Absolutely. True. Very true. So, That's a big concern. I just I wanted to follow up on that. Let's talk about
2: securing your Wi-Fi at home. Okay. Okay. All of us have uh, routers and Wi-Fi at home so we can do our mobile. We get it from
1: our from our provider or we buy it separately.
2: Right. So the first thing you want to do is make sure that is secured to us. So you want to change the administrative password. In many cases, it's on the box. They'll mm-hmm. give you some random password and you'll think, wow, that looks really complicated. And that's a good password. So um, your username
1: is admin and your password is whatever. Is what is the they pre Could be admin admin for that.
2: Well, that's really bad. But now companies are starting to give you a pseudo random right. password. That looks good, but I still advise changing that because all that password is, is you take your MAC address of the router, you throw it in some algorithm and it pumps out that password. So um, there's a very large uh, provider here in Washington DC that uses it. You can download a program off the internet that takes a MAC address and just automatically generates a um, password or the okay. password they assign to you. So you want to change that to some robust password and put that into your um your um, password manager. Second thing you want to do is change the Wi-Fi SSID. So you want to change it to something, you know, random, nothing that attributes it to the type of router that's being used by the company because that could divulge what it is and a way to exploit it.
0: So, uh, so forgive me for asking this question, but the SSID is not the the name of the Yep, the, that's, oh, the okay. Okay. that's the router gotcha. name.
2: It is the the name that's advertised by the, the Wi-Fi. Erica's house. That's <laughs> the
1: network.
2: <laughs> yep. Yeah. You probably want to enable Web also. You do? You want to put in the most robust you security know, you can do.
1: You're,
2: you're and you also on. want to make sure the firewall's enabled. And for those who are a little bit more paranoid than others, like myself, I put my own separate router in after that. So I have a Cable company provided what router with a firewall, then I put my own, and I manage that with a Wi-Fi off that. So you can do it or not. It uh, you can stack these many firewalls as you want.
1: What about creating a separate network for IoT devices for guests? Great idea. I have a
2: separate um, you know SSID and separate uh, access point for guests. I have young children that, you know, friends come over, they want the Wi-Fi password, I just give them the guest one. Mm-hmm. And I can shut that off, change it at any time, and I don't have to change every IoT so they device. they can't get to us.
1: your printers, they can't get to your other systems online. Exactly. And, so on. and they don't want to. They shouldn't need
2: to. Yeah, they don't want to.
1: Okay.
2: And Remember, then – Remember,
1: we're, we're keeping this very basic also. I mean we could really lock down the home, but we'd <laughs> spend a lot of time and money and we'd lose yep. 99 percent of our audience and
2: i've also split up two different routers one for iot systems and one for my pc systems too so if one of my iot systems get corrupted it's on the iot network i really don't care you know they can turn my lights on and off someone's going
1: back to our cross domain world right (laughs) (laughs) consumer style
2: yeah network segmentation exactly take your risky items that you get from off the internet segment them off and keep your other stuff Okay, so
1: let's talk web browsing. Let's talk okay. email because those are some of the biggest attack vectors. That, other than s- installing malicious programs, and, and they are actually vectors for installing malicious programs. Yep. Um, that's where I think a lot of users get in trouble. Yeah.
2: So if, if you're just doing web browsing, you can use a tablet or use a Chromebook. You don't need something really complex like in a, a Macintosh or a uh, PC. Okay, hold on, right.
0: Erica. How many
1: computers do you have at home?
0: Oh, wow. I have three Macs, one PC um, plus two iPads. Uh, okay, bad example. And, this, <laughs> and I am a uh, party of one that lives here. So,
1: okay, so bad example. <laughs> what, what do you do, though, if you have one compute platform? I've got a Windows, you know, a Windows uh, computer. What do I do?
2: What do you do? Uh, you can you continue to use it, but you also want to make sure, as we talked about before, that you patch that Windows system. Right. Make sure it's updated, but also make sure your web browser is the latest, greatest patched web okay. browser. And typically today, web browser providers like Chrome and, and Microsoft, they, they push out automatic patches. So Maybe. that's a really good thing. Okay. Um, other thing you want to do is, I, I, I really like this program, I've used it. Uh, for a number of years. I have older children, but when they were younger, I used it. It's a service called OpenDNS, it's free. Uh, Just go on the internet, look up OpenDNS, you can sign up for a free account. And what you do is you set up the DNS server on that PC or even your router, which will cover all your systems. And that whenever a query is made, like www.google.com, it goes to them, it checks that URL and and evaluates it to make sure it's not in a certain category. And if it's not in a bad category, it will actually get access to it. OpenDNS DNS offers categories to block, like pornography, gambling, um, violence, etc. They have I think 13 different That's categories.
1: Routers will help you with that, too.
2: They will. Some of them will. So I highly recommend a service like that, especially when you have younger kids. They can very easily go to a pornographic site by just typing some URL. That will block it. The other good thing about it is I had a, I don't know if it was an APT um, or just some bad program on my system where it was beaconing out to a site that didn't exist and OpenDNS notified me of it. So it looks at all outgoing traffic, know anything with a domain name and it will categorize it it alerted me that this was suspicious i tracked it down to a macintosh i cleaned the the system and all was well so it's just kind of good to look at what data is leaving your system and where it's going so i
1: think the other thing to look at is when the browser alerts you that you're going to a potentially dangerous site don't just click through yeah yeah stop look Listen, almost like when we were taught as kids, Erica, how to cross the road. Right. Think is the other word I would add to that. Yep. Like, do I want to go here? What do I perceive the risk to be? Right. And every user is going to make their own determination. Mm-hmm. But you have to think about it. Yep. And
2: when you go to sensitive uh, sites such as Bank of America or Wells Fargo, wherever you do your banking, make sure you spell it correctly. Check the URL. Oh, yes. That's Check a good URL. URL. Oh, yeah. Make sure you get a padlock. And if you're really paranoid, you can click on that padlock and look at the certificate and see who it's assigned to. So so speaking of... Yeah.
0: Always. And speaking of web browsing um, and Bank of America or any banking site, um, so advice that someone gave me uh, that I was guilty of is using public Wi Fi's. And when I say public, you know, being on a plane or um, any of those places and, and going onto banking websites, I was advised that's not a safe thing to do. You should really only be doing that when you're, you know, on your own or, or a known Wi Fi network.
2: So I'm really paranoid, but I. That doesn't bother me. It bothers as, me. Oh, does it? I run a VPN. <laughs> oh, interesting. So right. you can run a VPN, but at the end of the day, that secure connection from your browser to the bank is securing that connection all the way through.
1: Mm, I, I've got a problem with that. I actually run a <laughs> virtual private network a piece of PC software.
2: You have more money than me, Eric. I you guess that's why you Yeah, I right forgot there.
1: what it is. $50 a year? Yeah. I enable the VPN. I can pick where I'm connecting to. Oh, But you wow. come out somewhere. I'm sorry? You come out somewhere. I do, but I'm on that network. I'm I'm much more secure.
2: That's not a bad idea. Not a bad idea at all.
1: And it's relatively easy, right? It slows your bandwidth down, but if I'm going to the bank, I really don't care. And to
2: be honest, I never go to the bank on a public Wi-Fi. I'll use my cell phone and an app on there. I think
1: I would be careful. I think I'd rather do it on a cellular modem connected device. Oh, interesting.
0: Okay. I think that's
1: a lot more secure. I would be very hesitant to do that in unsecured places where people people can browse over my shoulders, unsecured networks that I don't trust, and, and certainly other countries outside Absolutely. of the United States. Definitely. Um, and, and, and even high-risk areas. You know, if you're at the Black Hat Convention, not that your, our mom would be there or anything, but, mm-hmm. you know, if you're in a known difficult, you know, a, a known challenged, uh, I'll call it airspace, don't go to a banking app, yep. go to the ATM. But cellular modem service is so much better than Wi-Fi from a security perspective, in my opinion. So. Yes.
2: But it can be intercepted too. It's easy to extra, set up absolutely. a rogue. Uh, Anything can. We're exactly. done. I
1: mean, as advanced as anybody is, you're pretty much done. Exactly. If, if a nation state or somebody is really targeting you, I think we need to keep this simple. I think we need to apply it to the 99 percentile. Like, what mm-hmm. are you gonna do? I'm not going to presume that most users understand what a VPN is, let alone will pay for one yep. and run one. Yep. I use it as an example of there's a perceived risk there, and it's pretty easy for me to work around it. So I do. Yeah. Let's talk email. Let's talk phishing. Okay, that's huge. The the uh, your, your Nigerian prince we've talked about a couple times now. Erica. <laughs> so I got how an email today.
0: It? Yeah, I got an email today saying that um, it said your email has been hacked, and I had to pay. I forgot how many Bitcoin in order to um, unhack it. So <laughs> nice.
2: Actually, I I just recently seen an attack. A friend of mine got hit by this and he sent me the email message and I thought it was very clever. And this gets back to our good password management techniques where they sent him an email saying, uh, John Smith, uh, we compromised your account. Here's your password. Right. And he used that one password for everything. Oh. And pay us some bitcoins or we'll do X, Y and Z to you. And he quickly ran out. He said, George, what should I do? I said, change your password on everything, get a password manager, use compact email, I mean uh, passwords. He cleaned everything out, disregarded the email in the safe. But yet another good reason why not to use a single common password, because it will get compromised, and they can use that against
1: you. Password packaging and backups, PPB. Yep. Those are the three things in my opinion that are 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 just basic table stakes. To protecting yourself. Eric, I know we're coming up to the end of the time. I'm going to recommend we make this a three-part series. What do you think?
0: Eric, great minds think alike, because I was uh, thinking that same thing that let's go ahead and not just do two episodes of this consumer cybersecurity uh, special episode of the podcast, but let's do one more. So thank you everyone for uh, tuning in this week. And please check us out for a third episode where we where we will wrap up our discussion on how you can be your own CIO of of your home. Thanks so much. And please continue to listen to To The Point Cybersecurity. Rate us on iTunes and let us know what you want to hear about next. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us on the To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast, brought to you by Point. For more information and show notes from today's episode, please visit www.forcepoint.com slash govpodcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.